The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. It's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan. All right, here we go. No time to waste. Buck Baloo Show here live from the Battery Atlanta and 680 The Fan Studios. And you know how to listen. Road Dog in the house, DT ready to go. Well, I tell you what, if we could air some of the conversation out in the break room, the ratings would be through the roof. There uh, there was about some punches to be thrown outside as we have some passionate talk lined up for you today. A lot of unbelievable things going on. Uh, One of them I turned on to watch the NFL game last night, and I could not get NBC. We have DirecTV, and it seems like the uh, contract with NBC has run out. I, I never thought I'd see the day where we could not get a network on TV, but here we are. Say what? Yeah, a lot of unbelievable stuff going on. No football last night. Say what? Wait, what? That's what I was thinking. Wait, What? Couldn't see what? the Packers beat the Chiefs. What? Not that we were going to get into that today on the show. What? Wait, what? What? And Road Dog, I believe that we have some concert tickets that we're going to give away. time favorite band, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Thought you'd enjoy it, bud. Played this 10,000 times. So let's give away a pair of tickets, 404-231-1680, to see not only Earth, Wind, and Fire, you get Chicago on their heart and soul tour, Earth, Wind, and Fire, from uh, from the Buck Blue Show and 680 The Fan Rock Icons. Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire come to Alpharetta and Ameris Bank Amphitheater August 19th, 2024. Get your tickets now at LiveNation.com. And we've got two we'll give away right now. Uh, Road Dog, I'm going to be out the rest of the week. So give a pair of tickets away every day the rest of the week except for one. Because I'm going to take those other two tickets. Let's get to the big take. Bucks. Big take. All right, the run is over. There will be no three-peat. Win streak comes to an end at 29. And the hurt runs deep because the loss knocked the dogs out of the playoffs. College football playoff committee made sure of that by dropping Georgia from number one to number six after a tight, physical, and somewhat controversial three-point loss 
to, at the time, number eight Alabama in the SEC championship game. The number one team had never dropped so far so fast. Gone are the title hopes. Gone without any explanation. ESPN had a three-hour playoff special, and not once was Georgia mentioned outside of when they announced what the final rankings were. They say Georgia's number six, and that was the last time you heard about Georgia. The dog's unprecedented fall was never addressed. Reese Davis interviewed the playoff committee chairman and failed to ask why Georgia fell from number one to number six in the final poll. Not once did the ESPN panel discussion even bring the topic up and discuss it. And we're talking about the two-time defending champs that had an undefeated season and lost in the SEC championship game. Not once did they bring that up and discuss it. Why did a three-point loss to Bama result in a freefall? So dismissive. So callous. And I thought Reese Davis was a journalist. Really? Turns out he was just uh, an Alabama homer. Give him an F for that performance. So the ESPN panel and Reese Davis didn't want to tell you why Georgia fell from one to six. Allow me to tell you why. Because the bogus committee did not have the balls to put the best four teams in. Instead, they hid behind this notion that Georgia did not have a signature win this season. That Washington and Texas had a better resume. And yes, Florida State got disrespected, but at least they understood why. They lost their Heisman caliber quarterback. One to six. And then for the committee to have Georgia behind FSU, that sucks. And as far as I'm concerned, so does the committee. They had one job, pick the four best teams, and they failed miserably. And even Greeny, for God's sakes, even Greeny acknowledged that Georgia was one of the top four. Greeny! Imagine that. And there's your big take, brought to you by Daco Systems Heating and Air. For your HVAC repair, contact locally owned Daco Systems at dacosystems.com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable, one home at a time. And coming up in the next segment, we're going to take some of your calls. 404-231-1680, the number. We'll get to some of that. Alabama played their best football game of the season. Give them credit. I certainly did after the game. They played Elite-level football against Georgia Saturday. Milrow was amazing. Georgia did not play their best game, and Alabama had a lot to do with that. Now, during the game, I was tweeting out uh, a little bit. Uh, it just seemed like Georgia was a little conservative, especially in the second quarter of the game. Offensively, Mike Bobo turned to the running game, and I'm not sure what that was about. I mean, that first drive looked great. First drive, they marched right down the field and put seven on the scoreboard. 
Then it got a little bit conservative. Now, I'm not sure if that's because Amarius Mims went down at the right tackle spot and they didn't feel like Xavier Truss could block on the edge and protect Carson Beck. Uh, maybe it was because Bowers and McConkey were not 100% physically coming into the game. Maybe that was the plan. We're going to run it heavy early in the game and set up the run action, play action fake for later in the game. I, you know, I hadn't had a chance to sit down and talk with Mike Bobo about this, but it was a little bit conservative. Defensively, it was conservative, too, in the first half. And this is not outside the box. I mean, this is typically Kirby's philosophy. We're going we're gonna to rush three, and we're going to find out, can three get pressure on the quarterback? Oh, they, okay, three can't get uh, pressure on the quarterback. We're going to rush four now. And it is a slow process to get to where you're going to actually bring some heat. And typically that is in the second half of these games. But um, Georgia made some mistakes also, and I want to point that out. Now, I didn't see the motion or the jump on the field goal. I didn't see anybody move. I did not see that replay. Maybe somebody moved. Maybe somebody didn't. But they backed it up five yards, and because of that, the field goal hit the upright and uh, w- was not in there. So that cost you three points. The fumble on the reverse uh, inside your own 15-yard line gave Alabama another three points. So that one's on uh, Beck and the uh, the player that was on the reverse. you got to execute that play. By the way, that play was well blocked, and it looked like it was going to be a minimum of a, a, an explosive play, 50-yard play. They had blocked. Dylan Bell, ball hit the ground. And I'd be remiss if I didn't admit, and, um, you know, i got to be real here, there were some favorable calls that went Alabama's way, especially the most egregious was the fourth down play right before halftime that they did not review the completion to Bond that gave them the first down. They scored a couple plays later. They did not review that. I mean, was the guy in the replay booth, was, was he, had he fallen asleep? Had he gone to the bathroom? I mean, what was going on there? Kirby probably should have taken a timeout right there. But that was an egregious mistake. I, I believe anybody in their right mind would admit that ball hit the ground. So that costs you seven points. Folks, that's 13 points right there. There were several pass interference calls that weren't called where the Alabama defender got there a little bit early and then the horse collar penalty was one that that I just uh, had to uh, roll my eyes at I believe the the ball carry was pulled down by the jersey it was not a horse collar and the lead official the white cap the lead official was looking directly at the play and did not throw the flag. It was uh, it was an official on the backside that ended up throwing the flag. That's what got me about that play, where the hands were clearly on the shoulder pads and Perry McIntyre, a photographer down on the field, has a great shot of it showing that. But yeah, and the lead uh, official, the lead official was, was right, right there. It. And he it was, was a guy from yards off that threw the flag. That, and he did not, that drove me crazy about that and play. And there's some history that goes back with Georgia and Alabama and some of these favorable calls going Alabama's way. And I think that factored into the um, 
the level of, of anger among the Bulldog fans. Remember the uh, the big showdown game with Alabama where they call we uh, Georgia blocked the punt that would have resulted in seven points, and they said Georgia was offsides. And as the uh, anybody that ever looked back at that and saw the replay or photographs, now nobody was offsides. So again, I'm a little leery of these head referees with that little earbud that, that's in. A little bit leery of all that. But again, I'm not saying Alabama didn't deserve the win. What I'm saying is they didn't deserve the help that they were given in the game either. That's what I'm saying. Awesome game, though. I mean, my goodness. That that was uh, one of the games of the year right there, man. That was... That was totally awesome. Milrow was fantastic, by the way. Georgia tried to come after him a little bit in the second half. He didn't make any mistakes. Didn't turn the ball over. Milrow, give him uh, give him credit for that. And uh, Alabama comes away with a hard-fought, physical, emotional 27-24 win over the Dogs down at MBS. All right, coming back on the other side, man, we're going to blitz you, give you an opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to chime in, and we don't do enough of this, and it's because, look, I just got 42 minutes of content in this one-hour show, but I want to do it today. You want to call me out? Hey, I'm all for it. 404-231-1680, the number. We'll talk about the semifinal matchup. We'll talk about Georgia Who's going to pull out? Who's going to play in the Orange Bowl? Got a lot of things to get to. Take your call. Got the Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Yeah, the heck with 10.30, man. We're going to get you in immediately. Got the Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Gave those Earth, Wind, and Fire Chicago tickets away. Hope you enjoy that. Picks of the week. I was 2-1 and one this week, if you're wondering. Yeah, I took Georgia. Gave up the 5.5. That was a loser. Texas, though, I was all on that one. Uh, blowout scenario with Texas taking on Oklahoma State. You know, Sark wanted to run up the score and look good. That's exactly what they did. That was an easy pick there, giving up the 15 and a half, and they went comfortably there. And then out of the NFL, I took the 49ers to take down Philadelphia. And, boy, they took them down 42 to 19, easily covering that three-point spread. So 22-16 and one on the season, 11 and four over the last four weeks. 
Just a few are wondering. Ooh, Buck's Red Hot. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's take some calls, man. Hear from the people out there. We appreciate them. Uh, Gary joins us on 680 Buck Blue Show. Hello, Gary. Oh, okay. Let's start with Joe then. Joe joins us on the fan. Hey, Joe. Hey, Buck. Uh, I got to start betting with you. <laughs> anyway, um, that game, that game, we lost the game at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That's the second week in a row where our defense did not hold up to the running game of the opponent. Yeah. And on the other, and on the other side of the ball, Buck, their offensive line just blew us up. So yeah, well, you know, to me, and I've heard that narrative. About, yeah, we could talk. We could talk about the bad calls, and there were some bad calls, and, and things do say team seem to go Alabama's way. But that was not that was George's worst game of the year for me, and I hope I just hope Michigan blows Bama out of the wall. Yeah, I wouldn't see that happening. By the way, and you know, I heard that narrative. But when you look at the stat sheet, though, let's see, uh, Alabama. Average uh, 2.8 yards per rush. 2.8. Does that sound like they're blowing up the line of scrimmage? Sure doesn't to me. Three for 13 on third down. 2.8 yards per carry on 41 runs. Uh, Milrow made a ton of plays. I think that's maybe what you're getting at there. But as far as blowing George off the ball with the run game, I, uh, I certainly didn't see that one. As far as uh, Georgia on, on offense, running backs, 23 carries for 80 yards. That's three and a half yards per carry. So there might have been some certain plays where you may have seen a Georgia defensive lineman get knocked off the ball, and I'll acknowledge that. But overall, I didn't see the domination on the line of scrimmage. joins us on the fan 680 hello mark what's up buddy hey bud good morning hey uh you and others making good points about uh some of the factors but the thing i want to talk about is the committee's decision to include uh texas and not include uh georgia um if you look at texas's record other than the bama win every other win they had the opposing team finished the season with four or more losses, including that Oklahoma State championship game. I don't think their resume is nearly as good as ours. And if you look at ours, in three consecutive weeks, we beat Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. Two of those teams finished 10 and 2. We beat Tennessee on the road. And if you want me to believe that a three point loss to a tough Alabama team drops us five places, I just don't get it. Yeah. A lot of things to wonder about. Alabama lost to Texas by 10. That was early in the season. Alabama, a different team now with Milrow playing at such a high level, elite level, is where he's playing at right now. He was not playing at that level against Texas. But Alabama beat Arkansas by three, Auburn by three, A&M by six. Those teams a combined uh, record of 17 and 17. But look, Alabama beat Georgia head-to-head in the SEC championship game. So I would have... I'll have my top five coming up in a moment here. I had Alabama in prior to winning the game against Georgia. Matt joins us on 680, Buck Belushi Show. Hello, Matt. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, Buck. Um, yeah, I just got a, a couple points. 
You know, I trust the government more than I trust this NFL. Well, that's saying something right there, brother. Jesus. Yeah. These guys got us. But what I wanted to say is, you know, the bad thing about us being left out is Vegas, if we played any team, we would be a favorite. And except for maybe Alabama, we'd probably be a pick em. Yeah. Yeah, Road Dog you know. was pointing this out before the show. And, you know, some people want to take a swing at Road Dog for pointing that out. So be careful out no. there talking that one. Yeah, but I hear okay. you, man. And that's true. That's true. Uh, you know, the, uh, the committee's a sham is what it is. The committee is an absolute sham. And I tell you, I've lost... Uh, Faith and Reese Davis and ESPN having a three-hour show and never once talking about the Georgia situation. Not once in a three-hour show did they even address it. And let's not forget, as much as we like to look at those lines, Georgia was a favorite over Alabama in the SEC championship game for what that Alabama played great, man. Now, total domination on the line of scrimmage, again, you know, the stats don't show that. But that was one heck of a game. Brian, uh, Brian joins us on 680, Buck Belushi Show. Hello, Brian. Thanks for coming hey. on. Hey, Buck, big fan. Yeah, it's been a tough, tough uh, Monday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just mainly, you know, just the officiating in that game was just so atrocious and just seemingly so one-sided. I mean, they reviewed that blatant catch Arian by the Georgia Smith. player later, yeah. Arian sketch, yeah. But also, I mean, I, I do just feel like i got to point out that Carson Beck did not play his best game. I mean, he made some mistakes. He made some bad throws, not to mention, I think the fumble was more on him than it was on Dylan Bell. Yeah, back 21 of 29. That's pretty impressive against Alabama. 21 of 29. Now, there were some balls that may or should have been picked off. But uh, back 21 of 29 throwing it. I would say that's, that's pretty good against elite-level competition. Jeremy joins us on the Blitz here on the Blue Show 680. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Buck, just a couple of points on the game. First of all, the passing game, kind of talked about it, but after the first drive, we threw eight balls the rest of the first half. Eight. Right. And a couple of things on that. A couple of possession later, we, we, we ran the ball three straight times and punted the ball three out, and that included, that went on to be six straight running plays. And then down right. there, we kicked the field goal from the 19. We ran it two more times before we kicked the field goal. Extremely conservative passing game, and I think that, that killed our chances. And then secondly, Jalen Walker, 12 snaps the whole game and two sacks. Why didn't Jalen Walker play more? Yeah, and the uh, the freshman linebacker uh, missed the wheel route by the running back that gave up a touchdown. Kirby pointed that out where they're really missing uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson these days with that injury. So, yeah, very conservative, it seemed. I don't know the reason why on that one, as I pointed out in the big take. Not sure if it was because Mims went down. They didn't feel like they would protect as well. Not sure if it was because McConkey and Bowers were out there playing less than 100%. Alabama certainly was some tight coverage in the game. Maybe they're trying to set up play action for later in the game. But I tell you what, when... When the backs were against the wall and they started throwing that thing around, had an eight-play, 83-yard touchdown drive to open the game, and then you look in the second half when you had to score a couple of long touchdown drives where they're leading with a passing game too. So you got to wonder about that. 
Gary joins us on the fan. Hello, Gary. What's on your mind today? Yeah, man, I just want to tell you, first of all, props to y'all, man, because uh, certainly you keep it real. As a Georgia guy, I can't imagine somebody being more uh, humble and decent about this. Uh, wanted to, if I could take a quick opportunity, my, my boy went to Liberty. I'm happy for Liberty and uh, Madison up there getting uh, a little bit of uh, recognition. But I just wanted to give you serious props. A lot of years now, man, you genuinely are a class act, and you keep it real, brother. You hey, really we do. appreciate you calling in today. Appreciate you calling in. Claude joins us on 680. Hello, Claude. Welcome to the show. Hey, Buck. How you doing this morning? Man, we're uh, we're doing pretty well, man. How about you? Hey, man, I am hanging in there. Listen, um, like that guy said, you're a class act, and one of these days I have to call in and tell my uh, Buck Baloo story from when you were playing at Grand uh, and went to Georgia. But this morning, I, I would like to say that at some point, these officials need to be held accountable for, uh, for for the calls that they make because you know I, I just would like to see guys decide the game you know play you know you know man to man and Gary uh, Daniels and them in the booth they have been Georgia haters and you know and, and they're by no ESPN unlike Georgia teams or the Braves or Falcons or anything so yeah. don't expect any uh, anything from them yeah. And, all right, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. Wish we could do more of this. Let's take one more. Ken joins us on the fan. Buck Blue Show. Hello, Ken. Buck, thanks for uh, for me being the last caller, man. Buck, I'm, I'm so disappointed and hurt this morning um, by this stupid NF committee. I mean, for the, the disrespect, uh, Buck, is what I can't get over. The total disrespect of a team who's, who's won 46 of their last 47 games, 29 games in a row, two national titles, one SEC title in between that. You're not going to give a, this team a chance to defend their title and go for history? They, they lost a three-point game on a neutral field, and then you drop them six. Against the top 10 team. Me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I said it yesterday. They're trying to set up a Texas-Alabama rematch again. Yeah, and that's what we're going to get, I believe, too. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate all our callers here today on the show. DT, I better get to the top five. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Top 5, presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. You know, I'm not really a committee guy, but if I were on that playoff committee, I would have stood up and I would have told them this. Here's my top five, all right? I've got Michigan number one. In spite of the fact of the awful offenses in the Big Ten. I mean, they have set offense back 100 years in the Big Ten. Michigan, number one. I've got Texas, number two. Longhorns are legit on the line of scrimmage. They've got a big-time quarterback and a really awesome system, some dangerous receivers. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Defensive line can stuff the run. A little bit of a question in the secondary with some young players. But I got Texas, number two. Number three, Alabama. 
took down Georgia in the SEC title game. Completely different team than they were earlier in the season. Milrow is totally legit now, playing at a high level. Got the Alabama Crimson Tide number three. Georgia four. Legit. One of the top four teams in college football. If you're going with the top four teams, if you're ignoring the resumes, Georgia number four. And I've got Washington five. Playing in the SEC, Washington would have had two or three losses. That's my take on that. Florida State, not the team that they were when I had them number one earlier in the season because they lost their Heisman caliber quarterback. So my top five, Michigan one, Texas two, Alabama three, Georgia four, Washington five. Five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yeah, so that one, that's what I have on that. So let's look, uh, while we have a, ch- a second here, let's look at these showdowns in the college football playoffs. So you got Michigan, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Alabama last time I checked. Alabama, a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Let me just say I'm going to go ahead and take Alabama in that matchup. Uh, I think uh, Chuck and Chernoff yeah. are at Harris later this week. I'm sending some yeah, money I with them to put some money on them. I'm loading up on Alabama in that Roll game. Down tide. Yes, sir. Uh, McCarthy and Milrow, really good quarterback matchup in that game. Looking forward to seeing it. Did you see the response? Michigan all excited. They know they're in. They gather, and they, they are, as a group, as a football team and staff, they're all in the room, and they're all excited, and they announced that Alabama's coming in at four. And did you see the reaction of the Michigan Wolverines? Well, it's my favorite video of the weekend. <laughs> my goodness, they were wanting they... <laughs> FSU to pop up on that screen, no uh, doubt. Michigan was, uh, oh, oh, no. Then there's one guy clapping over from the I mean, typically you're expecting uh, Michigan, you know, typically you're going to stand up and you're going to roar. Here we go, man. They say, oh, no, Alabama. And let me just say, uh, give, and I know Nick Saban's the GOAT, greatest uh, head coach uh, of all time in college football. Let me just go ahead and try to give him some advice. Change your signals now. Change them. You got to change your signals. Because Michigan's been cheating. Road Dog, you, you see what I'm saying? They, they both changed their signals. I saw you tweet that yesterday. It made me laugh as I was scrolling through Twitter because you're 100% Drew. I mean, seriously. So that one's going down in Pasadena and the Rose Bowl. Michigan and Alabama. You got the Big Ten champs taking on the SEC champs. Looking forward to seeing that one. Then in the Sugar Bowl, down in New Orleans, you got Washington, the Pac-12 champs, taking on Texas, the Big 12 champs. And Penix and Ewers, another great quarterback matchup in that game. And as a former quarterback, I'm looking forward to seeing both of these games and watch these four quarterbacks play the game. Penix and that system they have. Dylan Johnson's pounding that football, the former Mississippi State running back. Man, he was awesome in the uh, Pac-12 title game. 
as they took down Oregon for the second time. Penix can spin it, perfect spiral every time. I don't know how he does it. Uh, Washington is an uh, entertaining football team. Ewers, back healthy, really good matchup here. I would, I'm taking uh, Texas, and I'm giving up the four, and I'm feeling really confident about Texas coming through that particular matchup against Washington. Let's get to the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25, 20, 49, like 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Can you believe Dan Mullen on the SEC uh, ESPN show, wrap-up show? He, Dan Mullen is full of hate as it relates to the Georgia Bulldogs. Dirty old hate. man. Mullen, I mean, this is just disgraceful, the way Mullen is calling it there on that set. In fact, Mullen was, he was, uh, he was kicking Georgia around for backing out of the game against Oklahoma. And Mullen who's a college football analyst, had no idea why Georgia didn't play Oklahoma this year. It wasn't Georgia backing out, Dan. It was the SEC canceling that game. Georgia had nothing to do with that decision. They were happy to go to Norman and take on the Sooners. Come on, Mullen. And how about Booger? Booger, you could see the disrespect and hate the LSU guy has for Auburn, I mean for Alabama. Booger totally dissing on Alabama yesterday. All right, so uh, who plays for Georgia against Florida State in the Orange Bowl? Georgia going to have 15 practices to get ready for that, and they might might as well go ahead. Uh, Kirby, I think, has already mentioned this. Is there going to be a lot of guys that are playing that you hadn't seen play a lot of football this year? So who's going to drop out? I mean, here's the way I see it. <clears throat> there, there are only two really legitimate first-round picks for the Georgia Bulldog team, and that would be, as you know, Brock Bowers, who was totally game and tough, uh, having that tightrope surgery, rushing to get back in there and do whatever he could to help this team out. Got nothing but 100% respect for Brock Bowers, uh, playing hurt against Alabama, apparently, as that ankle has not healed up. But if I was Bowers, I probably wouldn't play in the game. Probably wouldn't play. I wouldn't be surprised if he did play. But I would anticipate that Brock Bowers won't be playing in the Orange Bowl. Let the ankle heal up and get ready to be a top 10 pick in the National Football League in the upcoming draft. The only other first-round pick I could really see is Amarius Mims. Big-time offensive tackle. It's a premium position. When you're talking about the National Football League, you got to be able to protect the quarterback. Mims has got everything NFL personnel people are looking for in an offensive tackle. Now, again, he uh, dinged up his ankle early in the game against Alabama. He had the tightrope surgery. He did everything he could to get back to play the game and get back in there. Nothing but respect for Mims. I wouldn't anticipate Mims playing in the Orange Bowl. And I've heard a lot of talk about Lad McConkey. Is McConkey going to play? If he doesn't play, I don't think it has anything to do with the NFL draft. 
And I think it has something to do that he's out there playing hurt. Also, with an ankle injury that, as, as I understand, uh, maybe had to, uh, you know, needed some help to get on the field to come back and play. So I'm expecting McConkey to come back and play next season for the Georgia Bulldogs. And I think it's about a 50-50 shot whether you're going to see McConkey playing in the Orange Bowl <clears throat> because of the injury, not because of the NFL draft. Dumas Johnson, I think if Georgia was in the playoffs, he'd do everything he could to get back in there with the broken arm that he has. Wouldn't look for him to be playing in the Orange Bowl. Now, see where Javon Bullard has uh, said, uh, Road Dog, can you help me with this one? Bullard on social media saying thank you to the Bulldog Nation. One would interpret that he's probably not going to play in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, it was a simple tweet. It just said, thanks, thanks, dogs, or uh, something like that, or thank you for everything, and go, dogs, something along those lines. Uh, Beck, I, I don't see any reason why Beck wouldn't play in the Orange Bowl game. Even if he was going into the NFL draft, and I don't believe he will, I think Carson Beck will be coming back to play next season for the Georgia Bulldogs. But he's a guy that continues. He needs to continue to manipulate the draft system where he gets more quality tape out there for these NFL evaluators to take a better look at what he brings to the table. I'd be stunned if Carson Beck did not play in the Orange Bowl. Team's going to meet today. The assistant coaches will hit the road recruiting. they got to figure out the transfer portal, which opens today. I think there are already 30 quarterbacks out there in the uh, the transfer portal. So they got to figure out, have these individual meetings. Kirby will be conducting those to people that, I guess, uh, have some questions or are thinking about hitting the transfer portal or going to the NFL, uh, leaving. Uh, Kirby needs to know this. He's going to get in front of these guys sometime today. So a lot going on at UGA right now. This coaching staff, there's no time to be wasting, right? No time to sleep or relax the season uh, for the most part over, other than the bowl game, there's no time for any rest there. And this is one of the major reasons why you see these college coaches, when they have an opportunity to go to the NFL, uh, they go to the NFL because the work that you've got to put in at the college level, especially this time of the year. I mean, you're working basically seven days a week, 24 hours a day. 16, Georgia lost 16 last year. And they're going to, it sounds like they're going to lose a handful of guys this year, too. So uh, a lot going on as Georgia gets ready for the Orange Bowl against Florida State. Four o'clock on Saturday, December the 30th. Bulldogs a four, opened a 14-point favorite in the game. And I think you'll see that line change as the players come and go in the uh, lead into the ball game. There's your Bulldog roundtable. All right, coming back on the other side, got some uh, the Falcons getting a win, uh, Braves making a move. We'll jump into that. You got the Blue Show here on the Fan 680 and 93.7. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com 
Then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Fan and get that fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of coming Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. 10 o'clock hour brought to you by Dupree Plumbing. Go with the plumber I trust and save $50 off your next plumbing service at DupreePlumbing.com. Man, we got casino night coming up on Thursday. Second annual 680 The Fan Casino Night presented by First Horizon Bank and benefiting the Atlanta Community Food Bank. As we look forward to that, and uh, couldn't do it without our great sponsors like Kroger and Mabra Law, Georgia Swarm Lacrosse, just to name a few of our great sponsors for the fun that's coming up on Thursday. All right, let's see what's popping real quick. Let's find out what's popping. All right, Falcons beat the Jets yesterday in what had to be the most boring game in NFL history. Falcons win 13-8. Like, it wasn't even the worst game yesterday. The Chargers beat the Patriots 6-0. Yeah, that, that, that was the worst game in the history of the NFL, too. Hey, want to give a shout-out to Coach Nielsen and that defense stuff, the run. Uh, you had Hall, the running back for the Jets, 13 carries, 16 yards, man. I mean, talk about getting stuffed. And the quarterback play for the Jets is horrendous. Falcons defense forced three turnovers, shut them out in the fourth quarter, three points in the second half. And how about Jesse Bates? Seven tackles and an interception. Bates, if he's not an all-pro, then they should disband uh, presenting that honor every year. Last two games, Falcons defense has allowed 23 points, eight to the Jets, 15 to the Saints. I won't even get into the Falcons' offense, which is putrid. And the way Ritter's playing, it makes Mariota uh, look good. Mariota look good. I mean, the only quarterbacks performing at a worse level than Ritter is Daniel Jones when he was playing, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and Zach Wilson. And by the way, the Jets head coach, uh, he is... He looks like a mannequin on the sideline. He just stands there and does nothing. Zero. Got to be a bad culture with all those penalties they're getting, too. I mean, talk about a poor job by the head coach. I'll say the Jets have one of the worst head coaches in the National Football League. All right, the Braves back in the news. Uh, last night, coach late. killer. Late last night, the Braves pulling off a deal with Seattle, the Mariners. Say uh, Mariners with a three-player salary dump as they cut money, cut payroll up there. Atlanta giving up two minor league pitchers and taking on some payroll. Uh, Jared Kelnick, who looks to me like they're going to pencil him in. Go ahead and put him in left field for the Braves in the upcoming season. 24-year-old Kelnick was a round one 
pick by the New York Mets, went sixth in the first round a few years ago, got a $4.5 million signing bonus. Played three years in the Mariners' big league uh, for the big league team. And he's got, he's got tremendous power. Man, this guy can hit it out of the ballpark. Got some opposite field power, but he strikes out a lot. In fact, over those three seasons in Seattle, strikes out basically every three at bat. So maybe Kevin Seitzer can help him out a little bit, try to uh, put the ball in play a little more. But a ton of power uh, is the attraction there for Kelnick, a left-handed bat, which is something we need also. Contract, he's under team control through 2028, so it's not him making the money. He's making the minimum through 2028 is the Gonzalez that we pick up, Evan White. Uh, those are the guys making the money in the deal. So uh, Braves have found their left fielder. And I don't know if we can expect anything more to get done or not. Maybe we look for the rotation guy next year at the trade deadline. We'll wait and see about, see about that. But that's what's popping. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. Winter meetings in Nashville goes through Wednesday. Yeah, I think that's what the deal is. All right, so uh, Schumann Farms has stepped up. Sweet Onion, folks, family-owned. The official Sweet Onion of the Georgia Bulldogs and the Baloo Kitchen. Schumann Farms, the Georgia family farm growing the world's sweetest onions. You can find those at Publix. And they're stepping up. They've got a great gift bag. We'll give that away right now. 404-231-1680. The number included in the gift bag from Schumann Farms is my book, Inside the Hedges. It's the uh, story of the 1980 national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. And I think it's a perfect gift for that Georgia Bulldog and your family. And that will be included in this gift bag. 404-231-1680, the number. Love Schumann Farms. Love the onions. We appreciate them being a part of giving these autographed copies of the book away leading into Christmas. Now, if you don't win, you can find the copy of the book online at InsideTheHedges.com. Or you can show up at our next book signing coming up Saturday at North Point Mall at Man Cave Memorabilia. I'll be there signing books from 10 to 12 this coming Saturday at North Point Mall. It's going to do it for my show. I'm out the rest of the week. We'll be back soon. Got some vacation I need to take. And play a little golf, DT. Going to tee it up a little bit. It's going to do it for my show. Nick and Chris coming up next. Stay tuned for that here on The Fan. Thank you, Buck. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com Then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. 
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 